This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me on this lovely Friday or rejoining me. I am immensely stoked today. I have a fantastic guest joining us today. Her name is Rita Carey. And uh, I'm going to, as I always do, read a little bit of her bio and set the landscape for our unscripted dialogue. Uh, so a little bit about Rita. Rita is the older sister to comedian Jim Carrey. It's a television and radio personality. Born in Canada, she grew up in Toronto and Burlington, Ontario. She is an accomplished singer, songwriter, and public speaker. Rita is the co-owner for a new organization called TriStream Entertainment, which helps fund Parkinson's and other fundraising charities in North America. Besides giving to charity, TriStream is a high-quality multimedia corporation. Rita has been performing classic rock for many years now and is currently performing all over Ontario with her new band, No Strings Attached. She has performed with the likes of Bruce Springsteen and is open for Honeymoon Suite, Gatto, and April Wine. She loves playing intimate venues as well because it allows her to interact with the audience more closely. It gives her fans a chance to see her quick wit and talent with a show she calls Carry On Growing Up Carrie. In this show, she performs big band pop and sultry blues. Rita comes from a musical background as her father had his own big band and her mother occasionally sang in it. She is also in the process of writing a book called Growing Up Carrie, which she hopes hits store shelves soon. Last but not least, Rita has her own online internet radio show, which she calls Pete and Reet. She puts her two cents into everyday topics from entertainment to politics and everything in between. So, Rita, thank you for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. This is such a treat. This is such a treat. And, and, and what I didn't know and what fans, uh, and listeners wouldn't know, uh, is this only came to light during our pre-live discussion. But this is actually a miracle that you're even here today ha- doing radio with me. So. Yeah, I actually had emergency surgery a week ago today, actually. Wow. Um, yeah, and I just got out of the hospital like a couple days ago. <laughs> So I'm uh, amazed that I'm even here. My doctor thought I would die, uh, but I'm I'm still here. <laughs> wow! And how are you feeling? How's the healing process? Uh, it's good. It's good. It's slow, but you know, it 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 is what it is. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, that's mm-hmm. what you got to do. You got to you got to listen to your doctor and you know do what he says. Even though I'm like the world's worst patient because <laughs> I, I, I like to be out there doing things and for me to not do anything and to rest is like wrong. <laughs> right. It doesn't quite jive with your DNA, huh? No, it doesn't. It, it's not my family's lifestyle and it's not what I usually do. But, uh-huh. you know, I, I think my husband would kick my ass if I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just want to, I just want to say in light of everything that you've gone through, I certainly would have understood if we had to reschedule this. And, uh, so I really appreciate you honoring your commitment and joining us for this hour this morning. Thank you so much. Uh, And, uh, and more importantly, I'm just glad that you're in good spirits. You're laughing and it, it sounds to me based on what people have told me about you and what I've read is, you know, nothing gets you down. You're actually from what a lot of people have said, even quite funnier than your brother. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm a year older, so I I always say I taught him everything he knows. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Of course. There you go. He learned it all from me. Wear that with a badge of honor. (laughs) Right? But you know what? Uh, Life is way too short to Mm -hmm. worry about all the simplistic, stupid things that you worry about, like paying the bills and whatever. It's mm-hmm. way too short. And, yeah, you know, people look at me and they go, oh, yeah, that you say that because, you know, you're, you're, you're loaded. I'm not loaded. My brother's loaded. 
<laughs> I, I'm, I'm just a normal, normal Jane working my job, doing my thing like mm-hmm. everybody else, like you, mm-hmm. right? And, Absolutely. And, and people think, oh, oh yeah, you can say, uh, you know, don't worry about money or whatever because you're, you're loaded. I'm not loaded. I'm, I, I just do my job. I work. Mm-hmm. I have a Christmas store. I, I have three bands. I, I have a, an entertainment company. I work mm-hmm. and I make my decisions for me. And, Good for you. And, and you know what? And that's, that's the way it is. And mm-hmm. I, I try and help people out. And, and I, I look at life. I grew up with parents who, you know, my dad had his own big band at one point and he never, he couldn't make it. And my, um, then my mom got pregnant, my sister was born, and in those days, they didn't have OHIP. My dad had to sell his saxophone to pay for my sister to come out of the hospital. Really? Yeah. You know, wow. So um, You make the sacrifices to do what you have to do for your family, exactly. absolutely. He never, he never played after that in a big band because he didn't have a saxophone anymore, right? But he made that decision because... It was his family and you do that for family. Absolutely. And, and, and that's what life's all about is, is, is for me, my brother, Jim, my older brother, John, who's fighting leukemia right now, not doing well. My older sister, Pat, I adore them. They Mm -hmm. are my life. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your brother, John. Yeah. It's, it, he's, He's struggled with that for many years now, and and we don't know how much time we have left with him, mm-hmm. but we love him to death. Well, my thoughts are with your family, all of you. Thank you. So what I do with all the guests that I have on my show, Rita, is I'm always, you know, I've had uh, world-acclaimed people, household-named people on my show. I've had people who aren't necessarily household name and none of that matters to me. What, what really inspires me and what brings certain guests on my show based on the fact that the whole network itself and my show is all about personal empowerment, living your life of passions. I'm always interested to talk about initially the inception of the journey. So do you want to share with us exactly how your life kind of morphed into where it is now and what precipitated that, who your mentors were, what inspired you just to set the stage for how your life has now become? Absolutely. You know, um, growing up, um, my, my dad was the person who worked and my mom stayed at home and she was, you know, we, we come home every day and my mom had dinner on the table and, and she didn't work. And my dad was an accountant and he, he paid the bills and things were fine for a long time. And then he lost his job and, uh, we were basically homeless and mm-hmm. we ended up living in St. Catharines, oddly enough, where I live now, um, which I drive by every day and reminds me of where I came from. Um, Charles Daly Park was a, a park that you could, you know, pitch tent and back in the day. And so um, when we lost our home, we put all our furniture in storage and we lived at Charles Daly Park in a van. And I always say like Chris Farley down by the river. Yeah, <laughs> but we lived on Lake Ontario, and and with my my brother John, my brother Jim, and myself, and my two parents, we had a Volkswagen camper, and we lived there. And we, us three kids, slept in the tent on on cots like military cots. My parents, there was room enough for two in the in the camper, and they slept there. And we did that for a while till we got, you know, till my dad got another job. And you know what? I look back at it now, and I think that made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. It made me a stronger person. It made me realize that it's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay that that happened. You know what? My mom made my birthday cake on a frying pan in an open pit that wow. year. And I thought it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 
And um, my mom, growing up, my mom um, was the disciplinarian. My dad was just a jokester. He was funnier <laughs> than Jim could ever imagine to be. He, 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 and Jim will tell you that. He's not mm-hmm. even close to Jim. He was way over the moon funnier than Jim. And that's where Jim really got it from. It, it's not from me. I, I joke about that. But Jim mm-hmm. is, it, he was born to be a comedian. He was born to do that. And my dad told him that when he was like 16 and wanted to quit high school. My dad said, that's fine. You could do that. But you were born to do this. So let's Beautiful. make it happen. And they Beautiful. Said, you know, and it didn't matter to my dad if he had an education of, you know, he has grade nine. Mm-hmm. I think he's pretty successful with grade nine. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm not advocating, and Jim wouldn't either, um, for somebody not getting an education. He would tell everyone when he started doing, you know, getting successful in L.A., he didn't know stuff that people were talking about in boardrooms and wanting to do stuff, contracts and all that. He had no clue what mm-hmm. they were talking about because he didn't have an education, mm-hmm. right? So he will advocate getting an education. And, yeah, if you think you're funny or you think you're a great actor, yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. Get an education, too, because that will help you understand where you're going he was just lucky enough to have people along the way that didn't want to rip him off. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, um, my mom was, you know, uh, she was our disciplinarian. She was the person who, who you know, you, you, you did that wrong, you did that right, and sent me to our rooms or whatever. But she also suffered from depression. And so every once in a while when we were growing up, um, we'd come home from school expecting my mom to be there, and she wasn't because she signed herself into the hospital because mm-hmm. she knew she was going to do something to herself. Mm-hmm. She was not going to be there or she was going to, you know, be hanging or slit her wrists or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she knew enough that she needed help, and she would sign herself into a hospital. So we'd come home and my dad would be there. We'd go, where's mom? And he would say, your mom's in the hospital. And we knew what that meant. He didn't right. have to tell us. We knew what that meant. And so, you know, she'd be gone for a month or two. And we'd go visit her in the hospital. And everything was, you know, nicey-nice. And we'd come home. And we knew mm-hmm. that she had issues. And now, as a grown-up person... At the time when I was a little girl, I kind of resented that. I kind of um, was mad that she wasn't there, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that there wasn't my mom. But when you grow up, you realize how hard things can be, how hard life can be. And now I look at it and I go, God, I wish she was here. I wish she was here. So I could say thank you. Thank you so much for teaching me so much about people and about mm-hmm. life and about how hard things can be. And that, you know what, no matter what, you can overcome anything as long as you ask for help. And that's what she did. She mm-hmm. asked for help. And I grew up with a mom till the day she died loving and adoring her for her willingness to help herself. And Mm -hmm. that's what people got to know. There is nothing in the world that's so terrible that you can't overcome. There is nothing. Absolutely. And I just, I want to say, Rita, a a couple things, a couple things along those lines of what you've just said. very graciously shared with us and uh, yeah. sharing sharing as you know, given this is what yeah. you do, you impart your message, whether it be musically, through the book that you're going to be doing, uh, everything that you've endeavored to do. So a couple of things along those lines. One, I just want to thank you for sharing because a lot of people, as you know, 
And as what you indicated in terms of even just on the superficial level of the assumptions that get made based on Jim Carrey being your brother, therefore you must be a multimillionaire, you must be loaded. Uh, you know, there's a lot of misconce- misconceptions and particularly around the area and the issue and the subject matter of depression. And a lot of people would look at your family, uh, and probably, you know, pickpocket some information, garner their own impression as to what your family must have looked like. And so I want to sh- thank you, one, keeping it real, keeping it raw and, mm-hmm. and, and highlighting the importance, as you say, uh, and the lovely tribute I believe you just gave to your mom, which, you know, regardless of what your religious or spiritual beliefs, I mean, I, I think energetically we're connected to people, whether they're here, whether they're not here, uh, whether we carry them in our hearts, our souls, our spirits. So you did a lot You in a short little span of what you just shared. Um, you covered a lot of bases there. And uh, your mom would obviously, I believe, be immensely proud of you. And I'm sure she realizes that you would be immensely grateful. And I think the fact that you give back to the degree that you do for all these charities, the fact that you're honoring, your, honoring yourself, living your life of passions, you've obviously done a great job with your children. Um, you know, we talked a little bit pre-live about, you know, the spirit of Christmas and how you continue to honor that, all members of your family. And, uh, keep those traditions and rituals alive. So, you know, I think, I think for anybody who's listening here, because we know holidays can be a very difficult time. Absolutely, uh, you, you know, people see the commercialized aspect of it. People see all these, you know, expensive Christmas gifts underneath the tree. People assume that all members of the family are going to be at the table. Uh, a lot of people aren't with us this year and that increases as we ourselves get older. And so whether that's attributed to depression, whether it's, you know, geographical distance, whether it be familial circumstances, people divorce, people's children aren't necessarily with them that particular Christmas. You know, I think the message that you've just shared about, you know, if you feel that you're in your time of need or time of darkness, Please reach out, ask for help, and that is such a yes. strength. It is such a strength to acknowledge you that know you know, you're um, struggling. The the first year that my son had passed away was really really hard for me. It and and my whole family we all went up to the cottage and Jim came and I spent most of the time in my bedroom crying, and I wanted to put something on the tree that would would. I, I would remember him, something that was just specifically his. And I went to the dollar store and found a little angel. And, and every year I put, and it's been 10 years, I put that little dollar angel on the tree because it means something to me. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be something expensive. It doesn't, and I tell my family, I buy for 23 people in my family. That's wow. how many there are, right? I, I go to the dollar store and I buy a comb, a pair of nylons, uh, some nail polish, whatever. It's not about the gift. Mm-hmm. I love opening gifts, and I'll open $23 store presents to me. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. I don't need uh, a dishwasher. I don't need a, a, a you know, a whatever. I mm-hmm. don't need it. It's Beautiful. not important. The mm-hmm. important part is getting together and being there for each other, no matter what. Yeah, we all make mistakes, and we've all done crap in our lives that people, you know, yeah, the rest of your family are not happy about. But it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And do you believe as a result of humble beginnings and some of the hardships that you as a family faced, um that this is kind of your outlet in terms of how you've chosen to endeavor to live your life, whether it be on the musical end, whether it be now having your own radio show, the fact that you are in, in the process of uh, writing your book. Do you think this is your outlet to get it all out there? Because, you know, obviously you're sharing your gifts with the world, and we know that everybody in the world is not immune from pain and hardship and feeling isolated and going it alone and trying to rise above it and get out from underneath it. So, you know, do you lyrically or with what you, without giving everything away, uh, with what you're choosing to write about with your book, you know, is this kind of cathartic for you? Is this therapeutic? Is this your being there for other people who may never have the opportunity to meet you, but 
you know, you might save a life. You might, uh, you know, change somebody. Uh, oh, God. I hope I hope I save a life. I really mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. I, I hope I save many. And And every time I do a show and go out and perform in public, I love when people come up to me and talk to me about their lives and I, I they become my friends. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I, I don't want to be that person that's so standoffish that people feel they can't talk to me. Mm-hmm. I love that. I adore that. That was my dad. That's what he was all about. It, when my dad died, so many people came up to me and said, he was the best friend I will ever have. Mm. And he barely knew them. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I I don't uh, I don't care about being famous or having my name on a book or having my music out there. That I don't care about. What I want to reach is people that care. That mm-hmm. if I have a million Facebook friends, I'm great with that because I'll email every single one of you. And if you need to talk, I'll talk. Because that's mm-hmm. what life's all about. It's about people, people touching people, and people who who have been through your same thing. Maybe I can help one person, mm-hmm. one person. My book is about is about my life growing up. It's about what we talked about, about my mom, you know, uh, suffering, about my dad being the, the most gracious guy on the planet, mm-hmm. about Jim. And how much he makes me laugh. And my brother, John, who is is the soul of my life. You know, and my sister, who I didn't even know was my sister because she moved out of the house when she was 16 and I was five. She got mm. pregnant and got married. And I didn't know she was my sister till I was 10. You know? Wow. And now we were so... Because everybody has stuff. Everybody Absolutely. Has stuff. Absolutely. And now my sister is like my best, best, closest friend in the world. And I would tell her anything. And and my family, you know. And, and hopefully if anybody gets anything from this interview is that I'm here and mm-hmm. I'm willing to talk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, RitaCarry.com is where my band is and I'm having a new website built so if um, it's kind of in transition right now, but if they want to contact me, you know what? I'll I'll call you back. Beautiful. You don't, you don't need to. I I'm just a person like you, like mm-hmm. anybody. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I think uh, you know, and the word success is such an individualized uh, word because people define that very differently, but. What I'm garnering from you, what I'm getting out of this interview and this lovely, uh, real discussion, really real raw discussion is that your success, in my opinion, is going to be based upon the fact that you're relatable and you humanize the story. You know, because there's a lot of people in your situation who, you know, and there's no reason uh, because every family, you know, you never know what goes on behind closed doors, but everybody has their story that kind of sets their life in motion. And, um, and so, you know, the fact that you are choosing, cause everything I say also on, on my show, it's a choice, you know, how you execute your life, uh, how you choose to support people, be kind to the degree that you can give back, you do, um, you know, I think the success story here, the legacy that I believe you're going to leave behind is the fact that, um, by doing and being of service to other people, you're, you're letting it be known that, you know, it doesn't matter what you read in the papers or what you see on screen with your brother or even the fact that you've been very successful in your own right. You know, you're, you're setting the stage to say, I'm just as human as anybody else. And I've had my pitfalls. I've had my setbacks. I've, you know, I've gotten in my own way. Uh, you know, things have affected yeah. you. And so, you know, and I imagine these are probably subjects and, and topics that you talk about on your own radio show. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, well, why don't, why don't we talk about that? Let's, let's talk about how you reach people. What is your message? Well, my, <laughs> You know, I I just want it to be real. I don't care about interviewing people like, you know, like uh, uh, Donny Osmond, for instance. 
I don't want to interview people and and talk about what their next project is. I don't mm-hmm. care. I really mm-hmm. don't care. I don't care what my next project is, although I don't know what it is, but but it'll come. Um, but my my issue is I want to talk about their lives, their real lives, what they are, who they are. Mm-hmm. What, like like we've been talking today about my life, about my world, about things that people have no idea about. Mm-hmm. Most people won't know that my mom suffered from depression, that Jim tried to make her happy by making her laugh, right? They don't mm-hmm. know that. That's what I want in my radio show. I don't, you know, yeah, of course, to get people on the air, we have to promote their next thing they're doing. But Mm -hmm. that will be a small segment of what we want to talk about. We want to talk about, you know, Donny Osmond, how was it growing up with seven brothers and sisters and, you Mm -hmm. know, your life? Who was, who was, was your dad the strong one that... Disciplinarian was your mom. Who mm-hmm. made you sing? Where did that come from? Was your grandparents singers? That's what I want to know. I don't mm-hmm. want to know the trivial stuff that every reporter asks. Right. That's not what I am. Mm-hmm. I know. I grew up with this. I've been living this for thirty years now. I know what I want to hear from somebody that. I don't want to hear the usual trivial crap about their next movie or why they did or why they talked that way or whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said, and I respect that. And where can people find you on radio? Because this sounds like a very yummy station, a yummy show that, <laughs> that I they would can, like to tune into. Yeah, they can go to Pete, P-E-E-T. Mm-hmm. And a n d read r e e t dot com. Fantastic. And when do you go live? We are. Uh, we're just in the midst of. We have a, a hiatus right now. We're uh, January. We're going to be going live in January. So you can go to Pete and Read uh, after that and find out where we're going live. Fantastic. And, and what does the title derive from? How did you arrive at that as being your show name? Pete and Read. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I did radio for 10 years, live radio, but, um, uh, for, I did the morning show with my co-host for 10 years. And then Pete worked at the same station, but he did afternoon drive for like 12 years and mm-hmm. we became friends and, uh, and, and he is fantastic about wanting to do charities and getting us involved in, in community events and stuff like that. He's wonderful. So um, we just kind of hooked up, and I said, you know what? We should do an online radio show called Pete and Reed. And he goes, <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> well, it is very catchy. I know. It's, very, it's, I it's a it. very catchy name and not one that I think people would forget. No, exactly. exactly. Excellent. And so do and you have we, a uh, – t- Together we own our own company called TriStream Entertainment. And mm-hmm. what we do is we put together um, charity events. So say you want to, you know, uh, have a charity event. You don't know how to run it. You don't know what you're supposed to do. Um, but you want to raise money for charity, say Parkinson's, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So we will get, you know, celebrities. We will run your whole event. We put everything together and all the money goes to charity. So we we just did one across the border in Buffalo, and uh, we brought in you know Buffalo Sabers and um, Buffalo Bills, and we had you know and we raised money for Parkinson's disease. That's what we do. Beautiful, good job. <laughs> and, we try. And, and do you have do you have a particular charity that is near and dear to your heart above all else? You know what? Um, I, I I really don't. Because I think anybody that asked me, like I'm doing a charity on Wednesday night, uh, somebody asked me to do this Wednesday night, um, and what it is, is it's um, people in the Niagara region who have never gotten to go out to a fancy seven-course dinner mm. and with the top chefs of the world, right? And 
So we're taking 30 families from the Niagara region, and we're going to take them by limo and take wow. them to a fancy restaurant, and they are going to get a seven-course dinner, and I'm going to sing Christmas songs all night. Aww. And Pete and Reed will be there to be the MCs <laughs> for the night. And my company, um, Always Christmas in Niagara Falls, we are going to decorate the tree, and we're going to give everybody an ornament to take home to their tree for the evening. Um, and just to, you know what? Everybody needs to feel special once in a while. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if, and if I can help whatever charity, it doesn't matter. My mom died um, of kidney failure. My dad died of cancer. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of charities that, like cancer, for instance, that have a lot of people backing behind them. Mm-hmm. I, and that's great. I just want to help the people that really want to make a difference. Like next Christmas, I'm hoping to have a secret Santa. That's what mm-hmm. I want to do. And what my plan is, is we're going to pick some people in the Niagara region who are in need, and mm-hmm. we're going to get turkeys, and we're going to get all the food, and we're just going to put it all, and their, and their presents for their kids, we're going to put it in a big basket, and we're going to run to their front door, ring the doorbell, and run away so they never know <laughs> who gave it to them. That is absolutely Santa. beautiful, Rita. Right? I absolutely love that. And if you need any volunteers, I'd love to be a part of that. Awesome. You're in. <laughs> okay, I'm in. Awesome. I, yeah, we want we I that's been a dream of mine for the last five years and I want to make it happen. So beautiful. we're gonna do it. <laughs> Wonderful. And so, you know, I, I know we've been very fortunate that in the time that we've already spoken we've been able to talk about the real stuff and I'm grateful for that. But I also do like to give my guests an opportunity uh, particularly ones who don't necessarily market themselves or plug themselves, uh, given how humble they are and, and their focus being about giving back to other people in need, such as yourself. But I would like to take advantage of this opportunity of having you here to find out a little bit more about your book. Is there a timeline attached to that? Uh, you know how what? Far- <laughs> I've been doing my book for the last two years. It's done. Mm-hmm. I wrote it, and then, you know, I... I I, I gave it to somebody to kind of spruce it up and, you know, what, that's what you do. And um, the editors and the people that um, the, the book companies want more gym. Oh, really? That's basically, yeah. Well, and that's not nice. Book, that's, no, that's not right. My book is not. My book is not about gym. No. It's about my family. Jim can write his own book about his own life. I, do, I, I would never, never step on that because mm-hmm. that's not my place. But my story was about my mom, my dad, what, what it was like growing up with us kids, you know, being homeless. And, 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 yeah, obviously there's a lot of Jim in there because he is a major focal point of our lives. Mm-hmm. He was a major focal point of my parents' life. But it's not a book about Jim. Mm-hmm. And that's where the stalemate is right now. The book could have been out two years ago, but all the publishers want is more Jim. And I won't do that. And so Good the book you. will never, the book will never come out. It'll come out to my family mm-hmm. of what I wrote, but it'll never come out in the public unless a publisher decides that, you know what? Yeah, we were interested in this. Because Mm -hmm. I will not sell my brother down the river. It's not going to happen. Well, that's very disappointing and disheartening to hear, you know, because you've got your own. You, I mean, see, this is the thing, you know, I'm just obviously citing the obvious here, but you are your own person, regardless of the connection to your brother. And yes, your brother has world renowned acclaim. Everybody knows who Jim Carrey is. Um, but you know, that's, I mean, you've led a beautiful life. You are living a beautiful life and you've done so many fundamentally important things. And, you know, the only thing I can think of to kind of off the top of my head parallel that with is, you know, the Gretzky family. So you've got, you know, you've got Wayne Gretzky, who everybody knows is, you know, the stellar hockey player who smashed all the awards and, and all the stats and all of that. 
But I mean, there's as much equal attention, if not more, in some cases on his dad, because his dad was the one who drove that career and infused the passion and got up every morning and, you know, uh, made it possible for him to get in those practices and, and to get there, uh, in the yeah, arena. And, and so I, I, I don't is, is a dear, dear friend of mine. Yeah, he is of mine as well, too. And you know what? He, um, Walter and I, uh, usually once every couple of years, we go down to, um, Disney World with, um, Dreams Take Flight. And mm-hmm. what that is, is it's a, a company that takes terminally ill and underprivileged kids to mm-hmm. Disney World for a day. And Walter and I hang out all day with the kids and he sings all day long. Yes, and his favorite sings. song, as you know, is Amazing Grace. Yes, and yes. he sings. He will sing with me every old song that I remember from my parents, mm-hmm. like uh, Lambsy Dotes and Dozy Dotes, and <laughs> like all these, all these really old songs. But I love him to death. He's a great human being, He's, and yes. and by far better than his son will ever be. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're not listening, Wayne. <laughs> Sorry, Wayne. But your dad is amazing. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I, I say that because, I mean, I, again, just to put it on the same kind of level in terms of paralleling it, is, you know, so everybody knows what the story would be with Wayne. But, I mean, from what I've been able to establish and from discussions that I've had with Walter, because I'm fortunate that I get to see him two or three times a month, and, mm-hmm. you know, and he doesn't talk about it to the degree that he voluntarily offers up the information. But I, no. you know, I, I talk to him about him because I already know everything about Wayne. So, yeah. you know, and, but there's obviously people out there in, in the publishing industry who understand and recognize that there's a story within itself separate from Wayne for Walter specifically. So I don't understand why that wouldn't cross over for someone like yourself who's done amazing things. And, you know, aside <laughs> from the music and aside from the upcoming book and aside from your radio show and, you know, your entertainment production and all this other stuff, more importantly, not unlike Mr. Gretzky, is you're a humanitarian and, you know, a bit of a philanthropist and you give things back and you pay it forward. So to me, if we all say that this is what life is fundamentally about and this is, you know, we're all in this together and we're all one, I don't know why there wouldn't be somebody out there in the industry who wouldn't take note of that and say, wow, we've got a gem here. Let's... You and I need to talk about this because I, you know, we'll, we'll share some contacts <laughs> because I, uh, and maybe as a result of this radio show, because the span here that, and the podcasts are syndicated through a second network. So the base is quite large. It's 145 countries, uh, 220 TV radio well, trust. Let's, let's hope that somebody decides that. Uh, that Pick up Rita. <laughs> Pick up Rita. She's got an awesome story to tell. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And there's things in there that people have no idea, no right. idea, you know, and, and, and it's not, like I said, it's not about Jim, it's about the whole entire family and how mm-hmm. crazy my dad was and, you know, like just stuff that people have no idea about. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, I, 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 hopefully one day it'll come out. <laughs> no, it will come out. Because you're obviously already setting your intentions. You've already done the work. It's obviously a labor of love. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, you're surrounded by a lot of people crossover within the industry that, uh, you know, th- there's got to be someone uh, who's going to point you in the right direction. And maybe as a result of listening to this interview, we'll go, oh, my goodness, I can't believe we bypassed this or we didn't, you know, see this. It was right in front of us. So that'd be I great. Have, I, absolutely. I have no doubt that's going to happen for you, Rita. Absolutely. You put that out there. Awesome. And I'll put awesome. it out there for you. <laughs> so and, uh, and in the new year, everybody should come out and see my band play because that's yeah. my real passion. Well, give us some information about that. Where can we where can we go and see you? Where are you gigging? Well, um, right now, I because I was in the hospital, I took the whole month of December, January off. So, but you can go to readacarry dot com, and I always post on there where I'm going to be playing coming up with my entire band. Or, you know, um, I do jazz stuff as well, and I do a, a show called Carry On, which mm-hmm. is a show about my life. And so there'll be pictures of, you know, me and Jim, my mom and dad throughout the show. It's an hour and a half show of 
jokes and me talking about my family and situations in my life, kind of like a short synopsis of my book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll do songs based on whatever was happening in our life at that time. Mm-hmm. So it's really fun. And, and I, I do that mostly in Toronto, um, you know, venues there. So, But you can go to RitaCarry.com and find out wherever I'm playing. Wonderful. Absolutely. I'd love to come see you play. Yeah, it, it, it's great fun because I love messing with my audience. <laughs> I, I like I, I really do. I love being down in the audience more than I love being up on stage. Beautiful. Because, because I get to learn something about them. Like I told you, I love people. So mm-hmm. I I love when somebody comes up to me at the end of the show and goes, oh, my gosh, you know, I I can't believe you, you know, you talk to us or whatever. And I'm like, send me your email. You know, what's your Absolutely. name? You know what? It, we're just people. I Absolutely. put my pants on one leg at a time just like you. <laughs> you know? I've not heard it quite put like that, but, yeah, that's that's kind of what it is, isn't it? I actually wrote a song called One, uh, uh, one Leg at a Time. Um, and that's about Jim and how, you know what, he, there's nothing special about him. He is just the same as everybody else in the world. Mm-hmm. And he puts his pants on one leg at a time, just like you do. <laughs> right? Fantastic. And I wrote a song called One Leg at a Time. Uh-huh. And so are you all going to connect for Christmas? We are talking a little bit about that pre-life. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll all be together at Christmas as usual. Beautiful. My, my parents started that when I was a little girl mm-hmm. um, and my sister, when my parents got older, my sister continued it and then I continued it. And, mm-hmm. You know, whenever Jim's available and he's not, you know, somewhere in Europe or somewhere, you know, that he can't get away, um, we always get together. Beautiful. And, right. and can you also tell people where your Christmas store is located? It's My a beautiful Christmas store. It's called Always Christmas in Niagara Falls, mm-hmm. and it's at the Fallsview Casino. It's a couple of doors up on your right-hand side just before the Avalon Ballroom. And, mm-hmm. yeah, if I'm there usually through the daytimes, Monday to Friday, come in, say, hey, you know, <laughs> where's, where's Jim's sister? I'm usually in the back room doing something, but I'll come out. I'll sign autographs. I'll do I have my CD. I have a Christmas CD out called Always Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can buy it there and I'll sign it for you if you want. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. Beautiful. And, you know, because this has kind of come up a little bit throughout our chat here is, you know, as much as you love your brother and know your brother outside of how other people would glean him in the public eye, you know, is there a part of you when we're talking about the book endeavor and the fact that, you know, unless it's more about Jim and less about you or 50-50 or whatever, you know, you're not kind of getting the fair shake that any author should be able to receive based on the merit of their own hard work and their own individual story. Has there been resentment in your family based on the fact that maybe there's one sibling out of all of you that seems to get more notoriety or attention when you say fundamentally, which is true, we're all human beings just endeavoring to live our own lives and be good people on an individual level. But is that something any of you, other siblings, have had to grapple with, kind of feeling like you're in one particular sibling's shadow? No, not at all. Excellent. Not at all. You know, I people, you know, all, I had, when I used to drive a city bus, I used to drive a city bus in Burlington, and I, d- I did that for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And it was just when Jim was really becoming famous, and a lady came on and goes, oh, I heard you're Jim Carrey's sister. And I said, yeah, I am, and I'm proud of that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I said, yeah, I am. And she goes, well, you, you know, you, why are you not down in, in L.A. hobnobbing with the stars? Like, why are you here in this dead-end job? Wow. And, and and I just looked at her and I said, you know what? That's what he does for a living. This is what I do for a living. And mm-hmm. you know what? What would that teach my children if I lived off my brother's money and did nothing? What Good would for that you. teach them? Good for you. Right? And you know what? I'm proud of what I've done in my life. I'm mm-hmm. proud of the jobs I've had. I think I've 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 worked to the best of my ability and made what I did at the time I did it. I was proud of what I did. I'm not 
I and I I I don't know why that happened because I know there are a lot of families out there that are jealous of their siblings and jealous of what they do. But none of my brothers and sisters are jealous of Jim whatsoever. We Good. are so proud of him. We, I, you know what? I I wish him many more years of great luck. I know he wishes that on me. Mm-hmm. I I don't get I don't get the 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 rivalry and where you are jealous and where you're worried about. You know, I, I don't care if no one ever buys my book. That's mm-hmm. fine. I'm fine with that. Well, you I know, Walt, Walter and I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I I'm fine with that. It, it, I did it for myself. I didn't mm-hmm. for, do it for anyone else. Of course. And if people like it, they do. If they mm-hmm. don't, they don't. But mm-hmm. I'm proud of my brother. You know, and when my sister and my other brother and I, we all get together, we laugh at what he does. And he does stuff about our family all the time, and we laugh about it. And we go, oh, God, John, that's you. You know, and his tutu is me. And, you know, and we laugh about things that he does in movies mm-hmm. that nobody knows that we know is mm-hmm. us. Right. We're not jealous of him, and we're very proud of him. And, and kudos to him for everything he gets. Love it. Love the message within that. And that takes me as a bit of a, a nice segue into my next question. So as far as, as far as one of the other hats you wear, which includes public guest speaking, um, you know, is one of your keynote speeches, uh, do you, do you talk about this in terms of dispelling other people's ignorance or, um, you know, kind of reinforcing the fact that we are all individuals here and there would be no reason for me to begrudge my brother's happiness, nor does he think any more or less of himself in comparison to the rest of us. We're just doing our own thing, living our life of passions. Um, you know, do, is that one of your keynotes in terms of dispelling some Absolutely. of them? Excellent. Absolutely. You know what? It, it, for Jim, he looks at us um, and always will, and we always look at him as, as, you know, our brother. We mm-hmm. don't look at him as this big star who's got multi-millions of dollars and, and or look at him like, well, why can't you help us out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Would you do that if your brother was a famous lawyer? Would you mm-hmm. call him up and go, I expect some money? But people think that when mm-hmm. you've got somebody in your family that's a famous actor. They expect your family to live off his gains, better, mm-hmm. you know, lack of words. But um, that's not what it's about. He's mm-hmm. my brother. He's my little brother. And, yeah, we have great times. We've gone mm-hmm. on many, you know, trips that he's paid for and get to, pri- you know, fly in private jets that he owns. We get things that are... are normal people wouldn't get because of him. Yes, Mm -hmm. we do. And that's wonderful. But do I expect it? No. Do I expect him to pay my bills and 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 pay for my home and everything else? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. That's my responsibility. I love him to death. He's a great human being. He'll always be my little brother. Right? But Mm -hmm. I don't expect that stuff. But people do. They think, okay, if I win the lottery tomorrow and I win $50 million, there'll be people coming out of the woodwork I don't even know. Of course. Wanting money. Mm -hmm. Is that that love? No, it's not. It's not. Well, where's the self-respect within that too, right? The integrity. But, you know, but some people are willing to trade that for, you know, the quick fix, the easy ride. No, we're not. We're not. And, and I, I, I totally um, put that on my parents as people that my mom, when we were growing up, she would never let us tattle on each other. Mm-hmm. If Jim did something, I wasn't allowed to go and say, oh, Jim did that or, or my brother John did that. She'd go, I don't want to hear about it. You mm-hmm. all did it. Mm-hmm. So we all got in trouble together. Mm-hmm. Right. So well, it, I, it forces I, you all to be part of the solution rather than, exactly. than fixating on being problem so go, Don't tell, don't tell. We did it, <laughs> and we'd all get spanked together, right? <laughs> right. 
We don't yeah, you wise, kitchen much. You wise up to it pretty little, quickly. Yeah, my mom had this little strap that hung in the kitchen closet, and it was a little piece of leather that hung there. And she never used it, but it was a threat, right? Mm-hmm. And she'd get us all to line up in the kitchen and put out our hands until one of us would lie, would tell on each other, and we never would. And she'd go, go to your room. <laughs> because we wouldn't tell. Right. Right? And and yeah. I based that on her. She did not want us to paddle on each other. She wanted us to be a group community, and that's what we are. Right. I will stand behind my brother no matter what happens in his life because shit goes down, you know, with his his fiancé and stuff that that happened with him. My only concern was him and, mm-hmm. you know, was he okay? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and you know, the media, his people call us right away, and the media is all over it. And, you know, he goes, I didn't want you to learn from the media. And, and so we heard it from him first. And he was, he's heartbroken, and he loved her. And the media is going on about how they were broke up, which they weren't. And, you mm-hmm. know, it just, it goes on and on and on. But we know mm-hmm. the true story. I know mm-hmm. my brother, you know. Right. So we deal with it. <laughs> well, you know, and that's just another affirmation for the fact that no matter what you glean from someone's life, whether, you know, you see instant success, gratification, uh, you know, all these accolades, all these, uh, awards, um, you know, you, you can't, you can't know what goes on behind closed doors. I mean, and yeah. the media, the media aspect would only be one alone to show that it's a blessing and a curse. You know, your strength is basically your weakness in terms of, you know, you can't come out of things unscathed because of public perception or how stories get twisted. But anyway, you know, Rita, I'm going to invite you back to our show because I could go on and on, but I am looking forward <laughs> to being a part of your volunteer initiative with maybe next Christmas's fundraising event. I love and, that. uh, and I'd love to talk to you behind the scenes about the book end of things. And um, so I'm unfortunately going to have to wrap up. We've got like three minutes here. But uh, if you want to no just problem. quickly, quickly tell people again where they can find you, that would be lovely. Yeah, go to RitaCarry.com. And, uh, and, or, you know, you can check me out on Facebook, too. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, so I just want to say, Rita, thank you so much for joining us, and I wish you all the best with your healing and recovery process, and I'm so glad that you are here to be a part of this uh, and that you're here with Me us too. today <laughs> because your light is bright, my friend. Your light is immensely bright, and I, I thank you for everything that you do and give back to people because we need more oh, people you. like you. And, uh, so I just want to say as well to my listening audience, thank you very much for joining me here on my host show, Carpe Diem. I go live every Friday at 1104 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you have any show topic ideas or suggestions or would wish to appear as a potential guest on my show, kindly reach out to me at lisamcdonald13 at gmail.com. McDonald is spelled M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. In the meantime, until I'm fortunate to be joined with you next Friday, I wish everybody a safe, lovely weekend. Rita, hopefully we talk before the holidays. I'd love to wish you a Merry Christmas, maybe have a coffee. Oh, that'd be great. Okay. Okay, so love and gratitude to everybody. Have a phenomenal weekend. Be safe and be you. Thank you, Rita. All my best. Thank you, listeners. Take care. Thanks, Lisa. You've been listening to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. For more information, please go to Lisa's website at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.